0: Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you back to the latest episode of Lighthouse Ventures, where we're building wealth together. And I'm super excited about today's guest because he is somebody that is unusually savvy in this space that has created a path that I've not heard from anybody else. So you all have to stay glued to your ear, earbuds and um, be ready because he's going to take you by surprise. So David, welcome to our podcast here today. Um, I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell people how you got started in real estate and what you did prior to real estate, if you would, please.
1: Absolutely. Thank thank you, Jennifer. First of all, thank you for uh, joining or having me on here today. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the, the introduction. I was uh, very uh, forgiving of you. Very nice. So uh, yes, my, my name is David Sparks. Uh, I am from the Chicagoland area. Um, I am the co-founder and managing partner of DAS Capital Properties, uh, we are a uh, developer uh, that uh, has a has a focus and mission on redeveloping uh, properties, uh, uh, single family homes throughout the south side of Chicago uh, and so um, prior to getting into this business that we've been in doing this now full time since uh, late 2019. Uh, which was a great time to start a business. <laughs> you know, uh, we, uh, we had no idea what, what was to, to come soon thereafter and the, come January, 2020. But, uh, but prior to doing that, I served in the U.S. Air Force. Um, I did that for about uh, eight years. Um, I, the the story behind that is I thought I was going to make it a career. Uh, but uh, funny enough, uh, one of my first mentors in the military when I first got in um, was a gentleman, I'm going to shout him out by, by the name of Greg Minnick and uh, he uh, gave me a book rich dad poor dad go figure and i was nine, eighteen, 17 18 years old at the time and i uh, took an interest in that book and i started reading it and uh, you know something clicked and and so by by 21 while i was still in i had uh, uh, purchased my two rental properties at the time so i had I purchased my first two uh, by age 21 and so um but then i was trying to figure out a way to, to for which to to, uh, scale up from there. And, and, uh, but, you know, while in the military still having that focus. And so, um, I was really still trying to figure things out, but I was excited that I got, you know, get started and at least got get, you know, two properties, two rental properties at you know, at a young age. So anyway, fast forward to, to, uh, to where we're at today, uh, what ended up happening was I wanted to change career fields and, uh, started getting in aviation, started flying and, uh, and I got selected to be an air force pilot. Uh, but during that time, um, Uh, There were some issues going on with a particular organization within the military, not only affecting me, but everybody else in terms of administratively. So what was happening was my application took about almost two and a half years to process. And I just got tired of waiting. And then around that time, uh, my dad was looking to retire from corporate. And so uh, we felt like it was the perfect time to uh, to maybe go into business together because he was wanting to still do something following his his retirement from corporate America. And I was kind of fed up with the waiting process. And I said, you know, this is something that uh, I really have always been wanting to do. And, uh, you know, why not, you know, give it a swing and go at it full time. And so um, it's uh, so that that was summer 2019. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's been a fun ride ever since then. So that's kind of the, the background and, and story. And, and I didn't give up flying either. I actually just uh, just tested for my commercial pilot's license. So I uh, still kept that, that, that dream alive. And so I'm, I'm having fun trying to get the best of both worlds. So.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for your service, first and foremost. And I'm sorry, real estate took you away from what your original passion is. But I, you're you're kicking it, I mean, you're crushing it now in real estate. And you've been in it such a short amount of time, in my opinion, but you've done so much in a short amount of time. So when you and I first met, you were buying homes, you were trying to um, bring different communities um, that were suffering and blighted, and you were trying to bring them back to a state where people could be proud of their homes. And I wish I had a picture of some of your homes because they're absolutely beautiful. And what you're doing for your communities around the Chicago area is nothing less than um, admirable. So tell me how, because you're doing something new, you're Mm -hmm. now, you've pivoted and now you're starting to work with the land bank and uh, the, the mayor, And some of the government officials there in Chicago, you know, enlighten our crowd here, our our audience, as to what you're doing specifically with them.
1: Yeah, so I guess to put a little context behind that is, uh, as you kind of alluded to, we we got started by uh, the traditional method of just looking to acquire properties uh, via the MLS, auctions, etc., during the time uh that we were doing this uh it, with 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 COVID and the uh the closure of the markets and then the, the skyrocketing demand of real estate, um, that you know bit up prices quite a bit uh on in terms of the acquisition side of things. And also it just made it more difficult to find a property. So now did it all, not only did it all of a sudden become harder to find a deal, but it became more uh expensive to buy a deal as well. So it really, you know, tightened things up for us. And so we 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 struggled. And and so my goal in that was to try to figure out. Uh, a different method of going about you know acquiring property. So we went through the 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 normal stuff of you know cold callers, mailers, all all the kind of the tr- traditional stuff that you hear about. And then uh, you know it was at that point that uh, that um, I came in contact with you, and we you started coaching me. And and um, you know it was, it was supposed to be about multifamily, but you ended up helping me, which you know I I don't think either one of us really realized uh, you know the effect it had because what you were doing was you we, I would use you kind of as a sounding board to bounce ideas off of you about you know hey this is what I'm what I'm trying to figure out, and you introduced me to uh, We Buy Ugly Homes, a franchise owner from there. You introduced me to some. Facebook real estate uh, groups, and, and it just gave me some avenues to uh, a, a lot of different considerations that just kept my mind open, and to where then at, at, at I then kind of ended up, you know, through uh, some networking events, stumbling upon uh, some individuals uh, that were associated with the uh, county land bank authority, and uh, I just kind of saw had a light bulb moment from there, and I kind of saw the path of how I could potentially, uh, you know, leverage these uh, these connections um, and and kind of. Getting in in alignment with uh, what the city and what the local county and government officials are looking through 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 single family real estate, Uh, because as we know, you know, really a lot of the focus is commercial, so it's pretty hard to find, uh, you know, um, uh, government incentivized uh, development plans that don't involve some type of subsidized housing. Uh, So this was a unique uh, opportunity that I thought that uh, I would try to take advantage of, and it seems to to be working uh, or shaping up to work out pretty well at this point. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, uh, I started coaching you and, and yes, our goal was to get you over to multifamily because I know that that's where, you know, a lot of people get into real estate. They start in the single family space and they kind of migrate over to multifamily and, and start growing with a team, Mm -hmm. but you found so much success. And in fact, uh, you were starting to expose me to some different options, and I know you're now working with a local church there, and you were considering doing a nonprofit and leveraging other people's resources so you could continue to grow your business. So um, share with, uh, share with us now where you're kind of at with that, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. So uh, I guess then to, to expound further upon that, so the, the land banking authority, so the land banking as the concept is, is kind of a, um, an age old concept in real estate, which usually is involving development of property where developers will buy property and essentially land bank them until they're ready for uh, development or whatever use case they want to put them to. So that's where that that term and that 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 uh, concept comes from, and so following uh, the recession of two thousand and eight, with the housing crisis uh, that has plagued uh, this specific demographic, and I uh, they they formed the count uh, the land banking authorities, uh, which is a county um, ran um, organization in two thousand and fourteen. Now, I believe, as last time I checked, this it, it seems to be a, a thing that's actually pretty widespread throughout the Midwest. I've talked to some of my family who's in real estate out in Florida, and they aren't they, they aren't familiar with land banks, so I, I don't think this is everywhere. But um, so, but more specifically, so the Cook County Land Bank Authority was created, and what they are essentially their stated mission is to, um, you know, help revitalize and regenerate, uh, you know, distressed uh, communities that are have blight, et cetera. Uh, it, by giving incentives through to developers, uh, i.e., acquiring the properties and putting them back in their hands for you know low to no costs, um, and you know different strategies and and, uh, and methods uh, along those lines. And so, what I've been able to do, uh, and what I've been working with them up to at this point, is uh, negotiating a uh, a development deal with them to where we can acquire. Um, I can identify neighborhoods for which we want to redevelop. I can put together a proposal for them and they can go about the process of acquiring those properties uh, with an agreement in place of you know, how I will redevelop them, a timeline and everything of that nature. And so where the nonprofit comes in is, is that uh, from the standpoint of how they would like to operate, they uh, would like to see this done through the vehicle of a nonprofit uh, and so um I, you know, after talking with my with my my partners, I've you know decided that this would be a beneficial thing for us to also have a nonprofit arm of our for-profit business that you know would help, you know, give way to some of our, our desires to help out as well as um you know just expand our, our business reach overall, because that's you know the also the purpose of it as well. So we're in the process of doing that, and what that will then allow us to do is is to be able to enter in into uh more lucrative development deals with them over more long. Term uh, to where we can um, then hire ourselves as the contractors, and we can. So there's still an opportunity for us to 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 uh, to to make money in this, but the the profits will then go back to. Uh, uh, directly into the community. They wouldn't necessarily go into our pockets directly, but that that will still regenerate and facilitate more business. Um, and so that's the other piece of it too. We, we operate as a general contractor, as developers developer. So we have our own crews in-house. So for us, it's just this is just shifting the way uh, for which we're going to, uh, the way we receive the checks, that's all.
0: Gotcha, okay. So I know the different, or I know that with um, sheriff auctions, that's usually when, the, the bank has foreclosed on the asset and now it's sold off at an auction. And usually these counties, some of them, at least here in Kansas City, they'll hold them twice a year, maybe only once a year, depending mm-hmm. on how many they have. And you'll be responsible for paying any back taxes mm-hmm. that reside on the property. Um, and you need to be very careful. There might be federal taxes on it in addition to local taxes. So just mm-hmm. be aware of that. Now on the land bank side, how does that work with the taxes? Are you responsible for the taxes, just like you are at sheriff auctions, or can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Negative. So that that is the the uh, the one of the benefits of the land bank is that they do take care of the back taxes. What they do not take care of excuse me, Are any um, outstanding uh, municipal fines, liens, or like unpaid water bills, garbage bills that may be associated with that property at the municipal level. So one of the due diligence processes that we have to follow with regard to that is we have to go to that specific municipality uh, out here and put in a a FOIA request, um, Freedom of Information Act, in order to... you know, obtain the the necessary or the the back, any any bills associated with that house on the municipal level because sometimes they don't record them. They should be recording them um against the deed of the property, but sometimes they don't. So you might not see that just some, sometimes just don't, like I said, don't record them. So that's part of the due diligence process. And then, uh, but uh, they, so uh, if I gave them, identified a property with them and we agreed that they would go after this property, because it has to meet a certain criteria, you know, part of what they're doing here is they're they're not just, you know, going around eminent domaining everybody's property. You know, there has to be uh, some, some proof that it's been vacated, that it's in a community that needs uh, this type of effort put forth. And so they will acquire the property to wipe the taxes, and they'll give it to you uh, with, a, with a clear title, uh, with the exception of the the municipal stuff, of course, uh, which you pay for that when you go and get your transfer stamps. So, uh, and that's usually how that works.
0: Okay, great. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, I know in multifamily, we have a team of people that we work with to acquire an asset. I know that you've surrounded yourself and built a team for yourself. So tell me about who who do you rely on? Um, in this business, and who have you in started to include in your conversations on a regular basis so that you can continue to grow?
1: Yeah, and so I, I'm that's I'm, good that you mentioned team because you know that's one of the things uh that you learn um sometimes well, hopefully very quickly, uh, but sometimes it takes a little longer to to learn it because I think we're we're conditioned to um you know, Isolate ourselves in a way and 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 be kind of every, every man for themselves kind of thing. But when you're trying to run a business, if you want to actually grow and expand, you have to uh, incorporate a team. and 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 um, you know, a lot of it's easier said than done because a lot of it is just uh, is is habitual sometimes that, you know, it's just, you may you may come across a decision and, you're, and you and to yourself you're just thinking okay this is what what my options are or whatever you don't even think let me run it by this person and that person and that person just to see what their ideas are because they're you know even though that they 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 might have a different perspective that they can add that can inform your decision a little bit better. So, with that being said. Um, I've started to uh, I now have a, a one agent that I, that I work with that I work with now uh, who's done who's sold uh, the majority of my properties over the past uh, two years and we really come to to trust her so I work with her exclusively and now she's included in on the conversations about you know hey what what should we do with these properties how should we market these properties how how, how should we uh you know what kind of fixtures finishes should we put in these properties you know we, we help, we incorporate in her into into the business plan whereas earlier on I, I wasn't necessarily doing that I would just call her up and say Hey, come sell this. And that was it. So we want to bring her in. And as a result of that, uh, that in relationship, she's investing as well. So not only is she uh, selling the houses, she's also uh investing as well into the property. So now we have uh we all have skin in the game and we all have our be- each other's best interest at heart because now we're 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 partners in that sense. Um and then more recently, um, I have a family that uh, are very savvy investors and and are in the real estate space as well as as mortgage lenders. And so uh, we have been uh, actually, you know, just uh, over the past couple of days have been discussing how we can, you know, grow and partner and, and leverage each other's skill sets and, um, and help each other out as well. So um, the, to get to that next level, you have to start reaching out uh, to to more people and making more connections and and you know the then that's when you' the new opportunities uh, you know unveil themselves for sure. Yeah. and then of course i have my family here at home uh because my, my dad is my partner in the business and he just has a incredible uh you know construction background from uh as his his uh professional experience is concerned so the the one thing that's made this easy for me in in the flipping space is that he enjoys the construction so i never have to worry about you know how anything's going at any house all i have to focus on is just how to grow the business because he's he's got that part under control so um that that's probably the reason why i haven't pulled my hair out like most folks who I talk to who flip houses do. So yeah. it's about the team.
0: Well, I love that you that your dad has a complementary skill set cuz so many times you know you you find a partner but unfortunately they're attracted to you and you're attracted to them because they have the exact same skill set, right? Exactly. Yes. And yes. and to find something as unique as you and your dad have to offer one another I mean, really, it's a blessing that that you each can complement what the other person uh, does or doesn't enjoy doing. So um, I think that's that's wonderful. Now, you mentioned your agent. Uh, I remember when I was flipping, um, we found one particular agent, and she just became my ride or die, you know? Mm -hmm. And we leaned on her for everything. And like you, she started investing in my things. But in terms of forming a partnership, that you've done with your agent. And I love that you've started to include her in all the conversations you're having. And now she feels invested in your success. Tell me, have you formalized that in um, an LLC or anything, or is it more just a verbal agreement?
1: no we just kind of have a a a standing verbal agreement you know it, it's, it's funny because we, we laugh now because just when we got this 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 uh, new second set of properties that we're working on and uh you know we were you know going over the plans for it and, and discussing everything and, and doing the, the capital rates for it she says David I just got to make sure I just got to ask am I going to be your agent for you know these properties I'm like of course of course you are yeah so yeah we we haven't got it in writing uh but uh but no yeah it's just been a been a, a kind of a verbal you know just trust basis kind of thing at this point. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, That's wonderful. I, I think it's important. Um, When people are getting started, I think there's this knee jerk reaction that you want to get your real estate license. And like you, and I applaud you for not getting that, If you change your mindset and realize there's enough out there for everybody, that if everybody just picks what they're really good at, and for you, it's growing the business for her, it's, you know, being the agent knowing the market and how to market your asset, um, you're all going to be successful and you're all going to be able to grow together. And so many people are like, you didn't get your age. Why didn't you get your license? Because you're leaving money on the table. No, you're not leaving money on the table, you're feeding more families, and you're able to grow the business faster because you don't have to expend your energy knowing every single skill set that it takes to run a business. So, you know, kudos to you. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I Well, I, I can't lie. I, I did kind of fall into that trap. I, for, for a brief moment in time, I was studying to get my real estate license. <laughs> and then I, I said, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Uh, you know, this, this is, I, I could make better use of my time. Right. You know, right. this is, yeah. So, yeah, yeah absolutely, though.
0: <laughs> that, that's so great. I, I, I love that. So let's jump into um, I want to talk about mindset. And I also want to talk about the timing right now. Mm -hmm. Because I think people, when there's market corrections, people get scared. And right now the media has painted a really um, bleak future for all of us, you know, because you got housing costs going up, rental prices going up, foods going up, gasolines went up, inflation as an all-time high. Now we've got interest rates that have went up. So a lot of people can look at the, the market and say, wow, it is a really scary time to be in real estate. What is your vantage point? What do you see as today and in the future?
1: Well, so from a big picture perspective, really without getting too much into the weeds of, you know, specific statistics, analysis, et cetera, because we can all have uh, different facts, especially today about the same thing. So I I don't think it doesn't us any use to think about that. I just, from a big picture, I look back and we understand that, that the world is cyclical in nature. And that there's ups and downs in every time, but you know no matter what, people still continue to get through it. People thrive, people grow, and some people fall uh, in any situation, high markets, low markets, you know, et cetera. So um you can always find a situation when you look back that was objectively uh, more worse uh, than the current situation we're in now. So just with that type of mindset, i I move forward understanding that. Let me just understand whatever it is that I'm engaging in right now. Uh, let me assess the, the the gains and the potential risks. And if the worst case scenario were to happen, um, how could I best mitigate that from happening? But at the end of the day, I mean, you also have to accept that, you know, Losses do occur. I mean, naturally, as humans, we're 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 risk or loss averse, but it, but it does happen. But you know, you just have to be mindful of of, of what the potentials are and, and mitigate risks. And you have to continue to move forward because if you sit there and freeze, then you know uh, you're, you're sure to sure to, to to be paralyzed and die for sure. So that's my general kind of mindset on 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 how to take this without you know not not eyes closed, not ignorant. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's a better time, even more so than you have to be focused on your skill set and your niche. And if anything, just don't step outside of that box until you feel like you know the the you know the, it's a little bit more comfortable. So when I'm talking to folks about what's going on now, and they're saying, "Well, you're still flipping houses like the market may may, may tank," and I'm like, "Well, okay, you know, I understand that I'm acquiring these properties at this cost, which." The equity is already captured. I understand that back in 2008, in my particular market, the, 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 the most that uh, some of the houses fell was by a value of about 27%. So that was worst case. That's the kind of the worst we've seen. So, you know, I've, that's where i've started my underwriting from at that baseline and so uh from there i understand that if if i were to uh you know uh, if the market were to to fall valuations were to fall we have a, uh, an exit strategy a backup plan and that's to rent the properties out because the price i'm acquiring them for and at what i'm spending or what i'm putting into them uh the co- properties are going to cash flow Almost no matter what. I mean, we'd have to see a real apocalypse or sub, something really bad happen for before uh, for those properties not to to be successful to, in some form or fashion. So it's just all about the deal. It's all about knowing your market and understanding where you're at. And you you know, if anything, that's what you should be focused on is is what you what you can do best when times
0: are bad. Right. Uh, that's that's a perfect summary of it. Um, you have to you have to be educated, and that's something you've done a beautiful job. In doing is making sure you're educated on your market. What's the worst case scenario? I always tell everybody, if you know the worst case scenario and you can stomach it and weather it, then why not do it? So jump in. And I I love to use these down markets as a time to regroup, you know, kind of regroup. Um, reanalyze everything that I'm doing, making sure that I have systems in place that are going to be able to allow me to grow even faster in these lull periods. Cause a lot of people look at these times and in fact around the holidays. Every time the holidays come, I think, okay, everybody else is putting on the brakes. You know, they're they're in holiday mode. And this is some of the best time to find homes for sale. And people that have, have their homes listed. Typically, if they're not an investor, they're kind of desperate. You, you don't normally list your home for sale unless you're desperate um, during the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a great time to get in the market. If you're not already in the market, this is a perfect time to do so. And and I love what you said, you know, know, know what the worst case scenario is and everything else is just gravy beyond that, Right. As long as you're moving forward, making good, smart, um, financially educated decisions, you'll be fine through this market. So whether you're in single family or multifamily. So let's get into mindset books, because for me, I had some real hurdles to get over when I got into real estate, and a lot of it was my age that I felt like I was too old to even um, get into something like mm-hmm. real estate and that it was way too difficult. You know, how is somebody at my age going to do this? And, and, oh my gosh, will I be able to do what we really want to do and, um, be able to achieve the things that people talk about achieving in real estate. So share with me, cause you were coming out of the military. I'm sure they gave you a great, um, they changed your mindset to make you think you're strong and capable of doing everything. But were were there any hurdles that you had mentally that you had to overcome?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, to start with, it's funny you say about the age thing because I, I struggle from the opposite perspective. I'm I'm only 29 years old, and you know, there's there's obviously people are looking at you when you walk into some place saying, "I want to buy something." Funny funny story. I remember when I while I was still in, I remember, um, uh, I heard that that one of the uh, one of the pilots he had a nice real estate portfolio and so um i went to somebody who knew him and i said hey can you introduce me to so and so i'd just like to talk to him about some of his properties and i'm probably maybe uh you know 22 23 at the time uh and i had already bought my first two little properties so you know i thought i was doing something i had some some knowledge at least at least to talk about and then uh they made the introduction and I, and I met the guy and I started talking to him. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, I really don't have anything available for you to rent right now. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm talking about uh, investing and buying houses. He's like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. I said, yeah. I was like, oh, I thought you were asking for for, for rentals. Like, no. So anyway, so, so yeah, I, I, uh, I you know, you, you I go through that and, and still now um, because, you know, I, I assume like, you know, I, I need some of the older, more experienced folks around because people take you guys seriously. So they hear me and they think I'm just, you know, wet behind. In the years but yeah so that's so that's one thing so and then um you know really when you, when you again when you get into to, to the entrepreneur ranks because see in the military um you know we it was very organized uh, organized structured you know uh, I'm, I'm really good at you know once i'm given a task you know i i can execute with the best of them and that's one of the things i've learned about myself through this process and that you know um that is where my superpower lies is the ability to be able to execute but when you're when you don't have the tasks that necessarily laid out before you, and you have to be the person that also creates the tasks, that is where then uh, if you are not oriented uh, in in that temperament, like I would say I was not, uh, and I'm learning to be more to to be able to think more openly, more expansively. I, you know, you kind of have to be the the visionary and then be the executor as well. Mm-hmm and so the the limiting beliefs uh, to me come from just the 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 habits or the ideals of of not you know engaging with people a little bit more, building out that team, um reaching outside the box, going to that networking event, saying hello to that person, you know um you know and and, and having the mindset of just you know hey uh, you know this this is my job, I know I can do my job well, and I'm just focusing on myself and my ability to perform and you know without thinking about anybody else or thinking about the connections and thinking about things like that that are going on around you. So um, So yeah, that, that, would, that would be what I would say some of my, 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 my inhibitors uh, have been that I'm working around and working through uh, at this point.
0: Well, it, it's funny that you say that you thought you were too young, because when I met you and as soon as you opened up your mouth, I knew that you had it going on and you knew exactly what you were doing, and you were well educated. So for those of you that are young out there, Doing exactly what David did and becoming educated and having the acumen to talk to other people that are in the space already is going to really lengthen your conversation and they're going to take you more seriously out of the gate. And, uh, you, you know, your um, proximity is power. So, find, you know, having the courage to reach out to somebody that has been where you want to go. People want to help other people you know, people that have already had success, they want to help others up. So I would encourage anybody out there that's just getting started that don't let your your uh, newness or, you know, just being fresh into the market, don't let that inhibit you from reaching out to somebody that has the experience. Because I'm sure you'll find like David, that people are very open and uh, and generous with their time.
1: And, and that is true. And I, I will definitely agree with that. I think people people respect your effort and and your and and you know what they see you putting forth and forward and so i've i've never had anybody you know uh, turn me away or or deny me information or or an opportunity to teach because honestly it makes people feel good and when you start understanding the psychology of people and and how they operate people like to feel as though that they're they're helping you out even maybe if it's from a even a narcissistic point of view in their minds it it doesn't matter if if they're giving me useful information then great and i can feed into that that ego if you will but uh but people like to help people so um you, you know if you if you reach out to people um more times than not, they'll uh, essentially give you give you what you ask for if they can.
0: So, yeah. yeah, it's that whole shifting your your mindset and use the word expansive, right? If you have an abundance mentality and uh, once you get a little bit of success into your belt, you realize, wow, everybody can do this. Mm-hmm. There are enough resources that all of us can live in plenty, right? So um, tell me what are, to to come full circle here, what are some books that you've really latched onto that you think, okay, if if there's one or two or maybe three books that I could recommend that are beyond Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Mm -hmm, are there any that you think, okay, these are are books at the top of the list?
1: Well, so I've been, lately, uh, I've been really... thinking about and really trying to hone in on uh, the, the subject of discipline, which is uh, ironic, I guess, considering, oh, you should have all the discipline in the world. Uh, but, uh, but no, uh, I, think, I think discipline is, is mastery of oneself, and, and we all fight those battles all the time. And one of my uh, favorite authors is uh, Robert Greene. Um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with him, but he's the author of the, the uh, famous book, 48 Laws of Power. He has a lot of a series of other books, The Art of War, I have a lot of his books, but right now I've been reading uh, one of his books, again, uh, it's like the second time I've went through it now called Mastery. And so, uh, you know, discipline and mastery uh, for me kind of go hand in hand. And uh, I've really been just, you know, thinking about that and thinking about better ways to increase my my focus, my attention to detail uh and and which kind of fall under discipline and, and the byproduct of that is uh it is mastery. And so uh that's what it really is at this present moment, maybe for the past month or two, I've I've been thinking about uh quite deeply actually is is how to uh kind of further enhance my time and my efforts and, and my mental abilities and physical abilities too all of that and how that all ties together in, in achieving the goal that I'm trying to achieve. So
0: I love mastery. that and- Robert Green. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with that author, but I'm writing it down. I just came off of reading the book Traction, which if you haven't read that, very, very good. And as you're building your team and growing your business, that's another really wonderful uh, book to really help put systems in place and make sure everybody's in the role that they were, they're were passionate about. And and they're adding value each and every day to whatever your vision is for the business. Um, the other one I would suggest is the 12-week year really mm. helps you get focused on your time, time blocking. I feel like if you're growing a business and you're creating this vision and this expansive mindset, uh, you need to time block and really set time aside to strategically build the company you want to build instead of always being in reactive mode being able to be in growth mind, or mm-hmm. growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I I agree.
0: Yeah. So um, let's, let's wrap this up. I, um, I want to make sure that I've asked you everything that you feel is pertinent that um, do you have any last minute words of wisdom that you can share with our audience?
1: Um, you know, what, uh, yeah, I w- I would say kind of to 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 uh kind of encapsulate you know that the last subject we just talked about, I would tell everybody um some of the, the biggest lessons that I've learned thus far is to uh delay your gratification, uh especially when you're starting out. Um sharpen the axe before you swing it. Um and then you know, and just be and be intentional, um, because you know, uh it, we talked about, you know, you mentioned the time blocking and you know. Uh, not, not to harp too much, but um, you have to know what to time block for as well, you know, and what, what is the best use because I found, you know, sometimes I'll say, all right, I'm going to make this detailed schedule and I'm going to time block and I'm going to do X, Y, Z at this time, but then I find that I'm still not getting it done. And so you ask yourself, well, why is that? And so that's where you kind of have to be a little bit introspective about you know what your what your strengths and weaknesses are. Sometimes you have to say, hey, no excuses. I have to do this. You know, I got to button down. But then that's where you learn. Okay, well maybe this is something better for uh, you know, my other teammate to do, uh, and maybe that their time might be better suited to that. And they won't have no problem getting that done because they'll enjoy that. And so maybe I need to focus on what, what is it that I actually like doing? So that way you can maximize your, your time blocking. So, um, and, uh, you know, that's where the, the sharpen the ax and be intentional comes into play because you're, you know, you're thinking about your thinking, you're trying to put thought into what it is you're doing before you time block it and do it. And, you know, cause you want to make that best use of your time. So.
0: I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. So delay gratification and sharpen your ax before you swing it. So, so pertinent and um, great words of wisdom. So thank you. Well, David, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I know that our audience is going to get a lot of value and and nuggets out of today's um, podcast. So thank you again for being here.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.